1: oh man welcome to episode number 28 of the kfo show kayak fishing obsessed if you love a kayak fishing or fishing in general guys you are in the right place i got fishing with gramps we're kind of combining our show tonight so this is technically fishing with gramps live as well and so we're pretty pumped about that we're going to be talking about pre-spawn spawn spawn, -spawn, post-spawn kayak bass fishing and so uh, i'm excited to see what the comments should they're already on fire tonight so if you're on the podcast, Thank you for listening in. We're pushing 600 listens an episode on the podcast. So you are competing if you're listening in with the reach that we get on YouTube when it comes to the KFO show. So thank you so much. Real quick tonight, we got the Cast Cray giveaway. My man, Rick over at Cast Cray. If anybody becomes a channel member, either my show or Fishing with Gramp show tonight, I will send you a $10 gift card to CasCray.com. And so I'm going to be showing off one of their baits tonight that has been killing it and so you might want to check that out remember this is an interactive show and so let's uh that's all the news i have so let's go ahead and bring gramps on fishing with gramps i mean two brothers fishing i mean jt hickman oh back to fishing with gramps again are you going through a midlife identity crisis the past two weeks what's going on what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what is going on what, what what was that all about that was like a flurry of uh, identity crisis so you know obviously i wanted to want to combine the channel with my brother and you know bring him and be more interactive and, and do more stuff in the actual fishing with grant show too but one of the funny thing is if you had an actual url url instead of the instead of you know the the at you know channel name you have that URL until your channel disappears. So even if I wanted to call the channel two brothers fishing, I can't use that URL. It has to be youtube.com yeah. at two brothers fishing. So we're going to set up a whole new channel. And what's going to happen is, and it's also partly because of tax purposes for my Ugh. dumb ass for, you know, when, when I have a boat computers for editing and you, you know how it is, right you, off. Have to, you have to file all these things as far as your taxes go. And that's all under Fishing with Gramps. So what we decided to do was we're going to have a live stream that's going to be Two Brothers Fishing on the Fishing with Gramps channel for now. And then all of the content, the rod reveal, you know, the rod, reels, baits, how-tos, all that stuff will live on Fishing with Gramps. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take Two Brothers Fishing, and that's going to be our fishing adventures. So when we go out and we go to the national championships, We come up and we see you. We go camping and kayaking with Freedom Squad. It'll be nothing but a pure fishing/slash outdoors channel. No reviews, no tackle talk, no, you know, commercials for American legacy and catch and monster bass and all the things that we do on fishing with gramps. I don't know. I need to probably rename it again to like fishing, fishing stuff with gramps or you know here we go again it's not over folks you you know because it's not like you're going fishing with gramps we're talking about fishing with gramps maybe that's what i need to rename it to but you know but part of but that part of it is is you, you i know you probably see this as well many other fishing youtubers do there are those youtubers that put out fishing content where it's them fishing and they blow up and that's their thing greg blanchard christine fisher very little reviews, very little tackle talk. They're just fishing. There is an audience for that. And I am one of those people. If I want to put something, hop, in the, hop on the couch, put it up on the big screen, it's it's watching those, you know, kind of things. And, you know, because I love showing, you know, I, lo- I really want to get into sharing what it is we love when we're doing out there. right? Versus what I pretty much am in doing now with Fishing with Gramps is that started with the how to fish from the bobber, the hook, you know, all the way up to now kayak fishing and tournaments. So what I did with like the, how to begin to fish series, that's going to obviously start out, uh, next is going to be a, how to get into kayak fishing. So start at the very beginning and pour everything I know into every video. Yes. I'm going to be in my paddle kayak. Whoa. The had is going to have Whoa. to take a back seat when I start this, start this series, because we're going to start at the beginning and then work our way through the, our kayak series too putting in everything that Jeremy and I have learned over our last 10 or more years fishing out of kayaks. So start that series. But again, all the review stuff and all the how to stuff fishing with Gramps, two brothers fishing, put it all into play. <laughs> so
1: t- tell me more about this editing of videos thing that you're talking about.
0: You freezing? Think out. I think I'm going to pay out. I am going to pay editors, make more videos.
1: <laughs> uh, you were, you were freezing out. You're frozen. You're like a frozen Gramps right now.
0: Uh-oh.
1: And you're you're good like, on my
0: end. If I froze it mm-hmm. on your side.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm connected to a hard line. It should be working right now. Bummer. All right, give us a second while we try to figure this out, folks. I apologize. What in the world? Hmm. You still there? Robot robot gramps. All right, if you're listening in, it's frozen am I frozen or is Gramps frozen? There we go. This has never happened in 28 episodes. And of course, when we're just getting all riled up. All right, you're back, kind of. You're moving. It's
0: it must be something with Comcast. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you
1: know what? I can hear you clear clearly now. So let's hope. Um yeah. They're saying it's on your end. But hey, you know what? Let's keep going because I can hear you. And now you're back to clear.
0: Robot oh, Gramps,
1: that is another yeah, one of your be. identities.
0: It must be something with Comcast going on too. So it's hard telling. You keep talking about all these, edi- all these videos you're going
1: to be editing, but I haven't seen a video from you. What is going on? So they're, there they're is we're gonna no editing. G- guys. We're going we're gonna to hop into postpone. I got this one last question for Gramps here. Yeah,
0: there, there's, there's no editing that goes on during the month of May. <laughs> We Jeremy and I and Matt and several others that are KBF members are in what we call mayhem. And this is the month that we qualify for the KBF National Championship. So the top, top percent of each state that are competing um, goes to the KBF National Championship, their State Challenge Series National Championship. So this is the pure this is month of just nothing but fishing. So I'll have cameras running for the most part, even though I didn't last night. Um, It's all about catching fish, not jacking with editing, because honestly, I'm wore out. I literally, I took off tomorrow through next Wednesday, which is when it ends on the 31st. And tomorrow, I'm literally just going to sleep in and reline rods, track baits, and get ready to fish basically Thursday through Wednesday, every day from sunup to sundown. And uh, it's about putting as many on the board because Indiana is the toughest state to qualify in because we have more people, we have twice as many people than almost every other state right now competing for this these slots to go to the to the national championship. So, yeah this this is the first live stream I've done in this month and it's because we said we would do it and I just happened to be you know brought all my rods and reels in and out of the truck and I just got to redo everything and get ready for six days of straight hell
1: (laughs) Uh, well you uh you kind of baited me today on on uh youtube like hey can i catch up with darren because right now i'm like i I was head and head with the creek crawler guys there's over four thousand fish posted on knucklehead bass fishing series if you're not part of that you can still hop in for this month i have some guys who're like hey i'm going fishing all next week and i haven't signed up yet i'm going to yeah holy cow like the final week um it's starting again. Next month starts over again. $15 entry fee. Be a part. Of, is this a lot of, it's just, I'm having a ton of fun. Just talking, talking trash with Grant. Oh so yeah. I told you I'm forward. coming. Well, yeah. This, well, you're like, Hey, I wonder if I can catch up. And you're like, you took the entire next week off. Yeah. You're going to catch up.
0: <laughs> I can't oh, I do it. like you and Jeremy and, you know, fish during the week. You know, when everybody's at work. So I
1: am. I'm not at work. I'm before I'm a, I was up at four o'clock this morning. What, I should before? up at four o'clock
0: every day. <laughs> that's just that's just go to, okay four thirty. That's just to go to work. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, all right, so let's hop into pre spawn, spawn, post spawn because I get this question a ton, yep. and it's fishing could be really if you live like where we're at, like northeast Ohio along that line, um, even a little bit down Gramps. If you're kind of in that general area you're probably like fish are all over the place. Like you're probably killing it maybe a couple of weeks ago and you're like getting skunked or all you're, all you're picking up is dinks right now. So if you got questions about it, as we're talking about this and I only know a little bit about it, I'm not like an expert or pro. I know I've heard you talk about a lot of gramps. Gramps look forward to hearing what you have to say about it as well. I got some experience. We brought all the baits that we have hooked up right now. Um, And so we're going to be talking through those in a little bit, but lay it on us from your understanding Gramps pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn bass fishing.
0: So keep in mind, you know, a certain time of year, and it's a little bit different wherever you're at in the country. For example, you know, right here in Southern Indiana, just now we're starting to get past the, the, the spawning phase in the post-spawn, the bass have laid their eggs. Those eggs are actually starting to hatch. You get fry and you'll see the balls of those running around. And then the bass will dedicate the rest of their time staying with those fry while they're in, in, in balls to keep the bluegill and everybody else from, from, you know, luncheon on them while they're trying to get big enough to basically defend themselves. So pre-spawn, you know, the bass, no, especially the bigger bass and Jeremy and I were actually discussing this. Jeremy's my brother. For those of you who, uh, who aren't familiar with, you know, two brothers fishing, um, Jeremy was a, Jeremy was a long time professional anger angler. He fished tournaments forever. Um, while he was working full-time and we're talking back in the 80s and 90s he was also a guide at Lake Fork um, you know so he, he he is the family guru when it comes to to knowing bass but the, the the point is is you have to understand in your area when and what time of year the bass go through these phases so they your bigger bass are the ones that are laying the eggs you know the females on you know on the bed and then the males there with her And a lot of people will bed fish. You'll see the pros do it in their tournaments to try to do that. Myself, I really don't seek bedding fish. I'd rather let them be. I'm not, I'm not fishing for, for $100,000. So I generally let bedding bass be. So pre-spawn, the bass are going to just gorge themselves. And this is the time, your water temp's still a little lower, but this is the time when you can really put the smack down on them. And I actually did this at the very last week of April. And I had my best tournament finish in this tournament series I had the last week of April. I was just, I went down a 75 stretch, you know, 75 yard stretch of bank, and I would catch a 19, an 18, an 18, a 17. And when you're talking about kayak anglers, we measure instead of weigh. But, you know, three and four pounders, just I'm working this grass line, baits to be throwing, spinner baits, you know, anything that mimics like a shad. These fish want to load up and feed up. It's like us and pizza on a Friday night, watching football, drinking beer. You want to just load up, you know, you're getting, you you know, and that's what they're doing is they're storing calories because they know they're not going to be able to eat for weeks. So things like spinner baits, if they're a little more lethargic, a jerk bait, you know, shad pattern. If you've got shad bluegill, if that's your water, um, chatter baits are another of my favorite underspins with paddle tails, or if you've got too much grass for an underspin, just put your paddle tail on a, a, a ball jig head and run it over the, you know, the top of stuff. But baits that imitate the stuff that bass love to eat. And a lot of people like throwing jigs then too, but I really this year, even a mm-hmm. jig bite pre-spawn really didn't hit it well for me. Um, but that's when you can really tear them up. And then I will also like flukes or stick baits, like I said, they're weightless, yep. you know, but I will fish those, I will fish those, the, those grass lines or rock lines. Um, where the bass are pushing, you know, bait fish up towards the banks so they can, you know, kind of pool up on them. But that's what they do pre-spawn. And then all of a sudden, every place you were catching them, tons of fish. So from basically May 1st through day before yesterday, it was like the Dead Sea. Now, don't get me wrong. They don't all spawn at the same time. They right. will go in phases. Like, for example, on my birthday, May 5th, I caught a couple of dinks, I think two 13s, and Jeremy and our buddy Bobby, I mean, we had been out all day, and I was the only one that, I think, caught a couple of fish, and at the very end of the day, after I left, Jeremy catches a 20-inch bass under a dock, and, you know, so there was still one out, not yet on the bed, and then our friend Bobby caught, you know, an 18 and a half, and, you know, you're talking about all day fishing, where fishing is normally fire, I mean, we didn't expect the spawn to kind of hit that fast, mm. but, I mean, it shut down literally that fast. Now, what I tell a lot of people to do, if you have the option, like, in, in Darren ran into this as well, if you have river systems to fish, those smallmouths and even the largies on the river, it's like a different ecosystem because the water is moving. Now, when, while I was down here suffering because I fish lakes and ponds, the guys up north where Jeremy lives in Indian up are pretty much slaying smallmouth bass. So I was up there actually before May started, but you know, Jeremy and I went out. He caught a, a 20 is PB smalley on the river. I think I caught like a 16-inch largemouth that day. But you know, it's like the river systems are just a little bit different. So if you have the option to fish both while your largemouth are on the beds, go find some creeks, go find some rivers and chase those smallies. Because like in Darren's, you know, he came over to Indiana and went and fished with another YouTuber. And was, you know, two hours north of me caught a nice 18 inch, you know, fish. And, you know, that's a good one to have for, you know, his Wendell's, his oh, team yeah? Wendell's, you know, competition too. So a lot of guys will jump to the rivers when bass fishing is garbage. But I'm like, I can't drive two 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 and a half hours every day just to try to go up and find fish. So I just kind of keep hitting my same lakes, trying to find either one that came off early or still hadn't gone And I did that with a couple of like 15s. I grinded out some 15 inchers, some 14 inchers just to get on the board. And then, you know, it was just one of those things where now here in Southern Indiana, it's starting to heat back up. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping my leg that was pretty dead last week, but I did catch two 18s on. I'm hoping to see those 19s, (laughs) 20s, the 21s that are known to be there, you know. So I basically got 10 days where I've got two different spots that I'm going to hit that I'm really hoping post-spawn is in effect where now they're done guarding fry. They're done with their parental duty, so to speak. <laughs> they're getting ready. And what a lot of people don't understand, too, is when summer's coming, because Memorial Day is we kick off of summer, so spawn ends. You have a certain amount of bass, and we'll talk largemouth right now. You have a certain amount of bass that live deep, and those are the ones you find offshore brush piles if you watch Major League Fishing, Dustin Canell, Jacob Wheeler are out there looking at their forward-facing sonar, shaky heads, drop shots, you have deep summer bass. They like going back out to the deep water. You have another segment of bass that are shallow water, and they're the ones that you catch on your topwater frogs and the weeds, your buzzbait fish, your chatterbait on shallow flats, and that's when post-spawn hits. So right about now, what I saw last night, those bass have come out of their, you know, they break their duty, so to speak, of guarding the fry. They're leaving those spawning flats. They're going to be on secondary points and pockets, getting ready to go follow their highways, the creek channels, you know, whatever, back to their haunts, whether they're going shallow or they're going deep. But generally, and like I ran into last night, I literally burned up a bag of Sanko's in this bag. That's when I when I talk about how how Gramps fishes for post spawn, Texas rigged, weightless Texas rig, Sankos. Now, if you're big into flukes, another good option. For me, I can wacky rig it, I can Texas rig it, I can very lightly Texas rig it, and why weightless? And you know, you were asking about the juice, and I said I wasn't going to say nothing because I'm still in competition. You. <laughs> you you, <laughs> but you know. So clearer water, I got the green pumpkin, slightly stained and everything else, black and blue. And yeah, you'll pay probably 30 bucks for a bag like this. And they only last you for a fish or two. But when you catch the right ones, you don't care. And if you use the Gramps affiliate link at Do It Molds and buy you yeah. a Senko mold and a mm. Pyrex cup in an old microwave, Shameless. you can remelt them and use them over and over again. So I literally have... I literally have piles of old Sankos laying around that I will remelt, add some salt to, and, and use them again. And there's a lot of people that like the Yum Dingers, and others. they more durable, more bang for your buck. But I'm telling you what, I've tested them all, and I know what gets me bit, and I know what when I, when I use when, when it matters. It's, it's the Yumdingers, so man. So the fact that I can also recycle them, it makes a lot of difference, too. Yeah. So, you know, post-spawn, I will I, – I'll even call it pre-post-spawn because post-spawn I consider when they're really heading back to their haunts. So if you find a secondary point off of there, that's where all of the fish will be bundled up. And I ran into this last night. They were at a, at a rocky point in like a grass line. And I would just throw a Senko in the pockets of this grass, shake it a couple times. And I, like I said, I, I told you before the show, I caught between 20, 25 fish from 12 inches up to 17 And in this lake, the 17s and 18s are the biggest fish. So, you know, I wasn't expecting to catch any giants because the big fish there are 17, 18 inch fish. So when I'm catching the best that that has, that just shows that they're all stacked up before the group that goes shallow, goes shallow. And the group that goes back deep, goes deep. And it was just one of these things. I mean, I was, I was probably fishing a 40 yard stretch around this point. I would go down, catch, 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 turn around. And I would just don't leave fish to find fish in the post pond if you found any you have found many write that down if Whoa. you have found any up? you have found many and keep fishing it <laughs> keep fishing it uh so i
1: lost um I was fishing this morning and lost a GoPro it's in, sitting in 20 feet of water right now
0: i've uh, lost at least 3 GoPros uh, in my uh, YouTubing career and <laughs> one and one Canon M50 oh ouch so That's like a, yeah it's it's half a it's, g it's, isn't it
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness! Got so, a good yeah, here. It's,
0: it's it's not fun. Now, if you ever le- and I learned I learned this later, I've heard that there is a um, there are uh, camera companies or professional photography studios. They can actually clean those cameras, and a lot of times they can bring it back like it was never. I think it just depends on if the camera was on while it got wet, or yeah. if it was like mine, it was in a in a camera bag that got soaked, but it was off. So. Lesson learned. I didn't, I shouldn't have just thrown it away, but, um, like, right. like Bass Ackwards 13 is saying he did well with the weightless rig today. Yeah. The weightless. How do you buy bulk Yamamoto baits? Um, that's funny cause I wish they would have them at American legacy fishing. Cause that's, you know, it's my go-to rod and reel place, but, um, baits.com I think is the actual retail store for Yamamoto baits. And then I think fish USA, Chad Hoover's, uh, store or who he works with they that's actually where i got these at but yeah i like i like buying them in bulk 100% and if you're lucky enough to get some of those you know fish usa gift cards that chad gives away often for knucklehead for cash 22 and stuff like that that's a great great thing to buy and then like i said one synco mold because the actual synco mold is is licensed with do it so you can actually pour the actual Senko's at your own place And uh, and do that too. So now and I've actually got a big bag of those too that I keep saying I'm going to use. You know, but oh yeah, that's got to go on a shirt. Rip GoPro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need I need one now. I'm part of the family. Uh, Fun fact: the uh, yeah amount of senkos, the ones with salt in them, they actually have a patent on that for a certain amount of salt. So you can get yourself in trouble if you start mass producing senkos with salt in them. Um, Yeah, you get big. That's that's (laughs) I've heard their legal team is one of the fiercest in the business
0: you can make any bait you want and give it away or use it yourself. Like, you know, you can make the chatter Yeah,
1: just
0: do it. Mold sells all the stuff to make your own chatter gramps, but you can't sell it. You have to have that little extra ring in there, but that takes away from the action. Yeah.
1: So really quick, let's, let's go back to the, the pre-spawn, post-spawn, spawn. I think it's important to note because a lot of people think, okay, it's, it's spawn. Every fish in the lake is, is, is in that particular Bonding stage. It's just not not true, right? You have some going in, some in the middle, maybe even some going out, depending on the timing of that. And that happens for a reason, right? So if every every bass goes to lay eggs at the same time, and then the water goes, turns uh and kills all the all the eggs, well, you're not gonna have any eggs. And so it happens in waves over time. So don't be too incredibly discouraged. They're still out there, they'll still be a cot this morning. I literally I was fishing with both and junkie before work. He's actually over here. And I passed, I was going around this Island to another spot that has a deep ledge that I like about 10 feet deep. And I passed probably a hundred bass beds and just bass were scattering left, right, left, right. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to sit there and goof around and try to, you know, irritate them to the point where they, they bite Just passed them on. Like I'll see you guys later, but they're, they're big. ones. I was like, but went around the corner and started throwing this wacky rig and just let it, I just let it fall. I think I, it wasn't even a Gary Yamamoto. I usually have the Yamamotos because those are like my favorite. I ran out. I got a bulk bag coming. I think I got mine from uh, Tackle Warehouse or something, wherever sells them. And so those are in the mail. I love the Black Fleck, GP Black Fleck. But um, Bofen just caught one. He's borrowing a measuring board because he flipped his kayak last week and all the stuff untethered went oh. to the bottom of his lake. <laughs> Poor uh, dude. He had to go dive in early this week. He found most of it. But nonetheless, he uses my catchboard. I throw it out and it just it probably falls 10, 15 seconds. And boom, I hit this guy. Where's he at? Right here. 18 and a quarter. And then 30 seconds later, catches like 17 on the wacky. So they are still out there. And I think he he just mentioned a moment ago that I had to leave because I had to go to work and he was still out there for the day. And he's like, hey, I, I actually marked some fry over in that area. I think you landed your wacky worm right in their bed. I didn't know it because it was 10 feet deep, but they could be kind of anywhere. Yeah. So they're still out there. A lot of one of the telltale signs for me around here is kind of when there's like the shad spawn. When I start seeing bait balls of shad everywhere. That's usually the and I, I see them all the lakes in northeast Ohio up here. That's usually when it's like, okay, it's it's happening, right? When yep. the shad are spawning, typically the bass are spawning, and it is it is go time. And so
0: see, down here, our our shad spawn is like right after or like really? during post spawn, so it's like right when those fish need to load up and eat <laughs> they got plenty of stuff to munch on
1: <laughs> right on all right we got a bunch of questions that we've kind of passed over here because we've been in in it in it to win it oh yeah um josh anderson's like i haven't catch him on the wacky rigs right now absolutely yeah. all day and i I just started breaking out my wacky rig um i'm going to go through some of the lures i have tied on right now that have been performing for me at least up here in northeast ohio and i'll let I'll let Gramps do the same. Maybe I think he may have already given away about as much as he wants to give away right now. Um, but what's, well, we can talk gear and equipment. There hooks we go. And
0: Things like that too. Yeah.
1: So Josh asks, what's the best lures to use for this time of the year? Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, we got Daniel Pierce saying frogs have been killing it for me here in the West side of Indy. So that's like Avon area. I used to live with yep, right there. Jeremy.
0: Jacob. Jeremy's been smacking them on a
1: frog as well. Nice. Speaking of Jeremy. Funny story. He can't get bit on the wacky rig. I know.
0: I can't catch him <laughs> on a frog. He can't catch him on a wacky rig. I love it.
1: Elizabeth, I believe Elizabeth, are you down in Florida. She's like, I haven't even thrown a senko this year. She has other things. that must be.
0: She's it's too crazy busy crazy. catching those 21 to 23. Oh, I inch know. I know.
1: Chuck asks, how do I ask a question? I'm, I'm just trying to, usually if you write question before your question, it helps me identify it. Cause I'm like listening to Gramps, asking questions and moderating, um, trying to figure out who's asking questions over here. So yeah. just write question before you question, and I start and circle back on it in a little bit. All right, so if you got a question about pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, go and throw that in. We're going to kind of move on a little bit here, um, uh, but the lures that we're throwing right now. And so let's just kind of go back and forth, Gramps. You go, I go, and we'll just kind of run through them all. And the ones that've been working for you, ones that maybe usually work for you, but for some reason or not, and just kind of any thoughts you got on that?
0: Well, the first one that didn't work was the frog of patriotism because I (laughs) love taking those pictures and posting them on Instagram and in the community tab just because the fam loves seeing them. (laughs) But let it be known, I cut it off and tie a buzzbait on right after that. (laughs) But, you know, it's just one of those things. So let's talk a little bit about the Wacky Rig Um, because to me, that is the simplest. um, And it doesn't matter what kind of gear you have, whether you're fishing G. Loomis Or Abu Garcia Black Max, it doesn't take a lot of fanciness to do it. You know, you can go as as big or small, and that's the great thing about fishing as you want. But eight to ten pound, eight to ten pound test line, sometimes twelve. Um, and I use straight fluorocarbon. I know a lot of people like the braid to various leaders. I'm with you. I I I get rid of all the nonsense. I will throw braid on a spinning reel occasionally. If it's some situation where I just cannot see the line, I tend to go that route more in the, in the summertime. If I'm fishing on longer, brighter days, just so I can see the line moving. But for the most part, it's, you know, eight to 10 pounds Seagar and Vizix fluorocarbon. There it is. Um, now tell me what kind of hook you'd like to use on your wacky rig. Right here.
1: You see that there it yeah. is, baby. A lot of people like those big, long ones. I just like the circle hook. I think these are like size one, and I don't miss hook sets with them. Yeah, and people like clown on well, one people clown on the wacky rig. Period. I don't yeah. know why because it produces someone. I think, um, someone just wrote me uh, who's a professional angler. He basically missed recently it was just like last week he missed a a bass on like a chatterbait, and he followed it up with a wacky and caught like a nine and a half pounder um, yeah in, in a tournament and so i don't know why everyone keeps clowning on this thing because it is absolutely money so what hook so do you the wacky
0: use? is the perfect follow-up bait if you get a blow up and a miss on a frog or a uh on a frog or a buzz bait mm-hmm right where that ripple is, throw a wacky rig right back in there. Always have it within our arms reach. So for me, wacky rig, drop shot, Nico, all of them. I use like the the size two Neko uh, hooks. I've actually gone that way. I used to use the smaller ones like you're using, but for the most part, when I'm doing an actual wacky rig, I will use one of the Neko hooks. A, I mean, those for me work across the board. And so it's just simpler for me to buy them in bulk because if, you know, the great thing about a wacky rig is you can make it a Neko rig just by inserting a nail into the end of it. Yeah. And then you're getting it down there a little bit faster. You know what I'm saying? And those work great on ledges and things like that too. But I've had a lot of success with the the Neko hook. So I've actually gone that way. And, you know, that works for me. Do you like to, do you go straight through the plastic or do you like using the various rings?
1: So there's like 90,000 different ways to hook it up. And I feel like oh, everyone. Yeah. Like you do, I do, I have this short that has like 250,000 views on it and people, I I shot it last year and people are still like, Oh, use just Use an O ring, bro. Use a double O ring, bro. Or use um, super glue or use shrink tube or use silicone or straight through the, straight through the worm. I actually bought recently one of those silicone tubes and little pliers. So I have not tried that out yet. It's in the mail, but I don't like the rings. Because the bass always snatch them, and I always have left just the ring, yep. on it. Um, I never get around, and I, I like pre-rigging all my stuff. I don't like to be out there in my kayak, like trying to figure this out in the midst of the moment. And if you put a lot of times those O-rings and leave them on the worm, you'll come out the next morning and look at them; they'll all be cut in half. Yeah, because of the pressure
0: of the, you know, the word You want to see the worst for that is the Berkeley General. Oh, really? I hate the new mix that Berkeley changed. When they went to the uh, the newer whatever it was that replaces the power bait, their baits are so brittle now. I was actually going to go out and try some of their generals because you know I wanted to do the, the max sense and blah blah blah. I put an O ring on there and it split it in half before I made the first cast. I was like, <laughs> well, now I have two Ned baits. But I'm like, come on, Berkeley, you don't have to make it so fragile. I mean, they make a they make a dinger that will last forever. That's you know not quite a Laztec but it doesn't have the same fall rate and motion of the, of the Senko. Yep. And so I just have to, fish the, have to fish the Senko because for me, it's what I'm you know, the most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: what I love about the Wacky, and a lot, and if you haven't used it, a lot of guys, I see a lot of people lighten it up like, oh, yeah, I can't not pound it. A lot of people use it. Some people don't. Uh, I love skipping this thing. I mean, I, I... Oh, yeah. Whenever I'm not getting it by kind of doing the long rainbow cast, I'll skip it. And man, that just makes a difference. I feel like I'm getting the attention of every bass over that, like 15 feet. Does this thing is skip it? Yep. And they just follow it all the way in. It's a lighter entry, so it doesn't scatter in a lot of the shallow. And so I'll fish GP Black Fleck in real shallow water, like two, three feet. And then I'll move over to the uh, Yamamoto's when I want it to sink. And that's what I was using, I think, this morning. Um, so I use basically two. Uh, I also use the Creme brand really really cheap ones you go in the walmart and look on the bottom there's like a five pack for like a buck 25 um those nail it for me and so when they're 70 to 80 cents a pop when you buy the the amos um it makes a difference to keep these on and so right now i'm using shrink wrap the translucent kind of shrink tubing it's working really well um but I'm gonna try the silicone.
0: And I tell everybody, watch watch for your Walmart, your Ollies, whenever they're having their, their clearance bins and they're getting ready to load up with the new baits. You can buy a pack of Senko's for a buck fifty. And you know, it doesn't have to be Yamamoto Senko, those are my favorites. But uh, Strike King makes the, the Ocho that are really good. Reaction Innovation has got a good stick baits. There's a lot of good companies, see The Yum Dinger. I mean, they will all catch fish, but like you said, I love being able to skip that under docks. Mm. For for those who fish along creeks and whatnot, you've got a lot of overhanging trees. Um, a lot of the pits that I fish, it's like that too. So especially it's, you know, I do it, I fish with mine with a bait caster. I've got a I've got a setup just for that that I use for my shaky heads and stuff like that too. But yep. being able to skip, especially starting out, you know, for those of you with the spinning rod, shooting it under, you know, and, and people see it like, well, doesn't that sound, you know, scare off the fish? The the plop of a bait going up and coming down scares them more than that scattering over the top, like you're skipping a rock. Because if you think about it, bass are chasing shad out of the water all the time. They're used to that in and out of the water sound. What they're not used to is something that sounds like a rock dropping <laughs> on their head. And they're like, what was that? But if you could get where you can skip it in there, because a lot of times I'll skip along a weed line oh, yeah. just to make that scant sound of the of bait fish scattering to get their attention and and not scare them too. So, I mean, that's a great thing about stick baits. They're super cheap. They're easy to skip and they just flat catch them. Now, if you're, you might be a fluke master, like, you know, good old Gene and, you know, throw flukes a lot this time of year, especially post-spawn, getting them out there, give them a pop, pop and just, and, you know, let the bass tear them up that way too. But stick baits, they just flat catch them. I mean, I can, I can fish that. I mean, I will probably throw that in the next 10 days, 80% of the time. I mean, normally I'm a jackhammer chatterbait, rip and grip and go. But, you know, right now until the fishing really turns on fire, I will have a wacky rig or my, one of my favorites actually is weightless Texas rigged with a three odd VNC hook with the ring on it. Because when I tie my bait on that and I, I, I cast it out, I can give it that twitch twitch and it darts like a fluke, mm-hmm. but then I can pause it and let it fall like a Senko. And every fish I caught except for one last night was on a Senko that way. It was just incredible.
1: Nice. You know, I, I, I fish with people who are right beside me fishing the wacky rig, and it, it's simple, but there is some nuances to it to really to dial that in. I'm not going to go into the nuance. For me, it's a target strategy. Um, I've done a video on this where I go to like, take the deep, deep dive. But essentially, if I don't, I, I throw it, let it fall five seconds. If it doesn't hit, I tug, 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 pause. I do that five times. After the fifth time, I stop doing it because I have found over the years, your your chances of catching a fish past five tugs is really really low um as opposed to the first five tugs in a pause no um, and so
0: and then you're just being efficient keep moving until you find them and then once you find them yep. keep moving but i've seen people
1: they'll, they'll keep on like tug tug pausing all the way back their boat and it'll take you know they'll spend half their time in a really low percentage um use of that particular bait and so keep that in mind do that five times Reel it in Target another area. You're going to have more luck doing that. All right, let's move on. Second bait. I'll go ahead and jump into this one because I used it this morning and caught one. I was out with Bowfin Junkie. And, of course, it's a spinner bait. But uh, right now, I like willow leaf. If I had a double willow leaf, that's what I would be using this morning. Um, But I had a Colorado blade, willow leaf, um, light colors. I never fish a spinner bait without a trailer hook. And I just started adding this guy on the end. So I'll take like a yum pulse, kind of cut it in half and run that on the back. And you should see this action as you pull this through the water, as this looks like crazy, absolutely crazy. And it got bit this morning, it was a lot of fun. Dropped it probably 10 feet into a 20 foot hole and just started pulling it. I killed it and boom, it just nailed it. And so the so nuances there to the spinner bait, most of the times it has come bare like this. Find yourself, sometimes they come with a trailer hook and add yourself a little paddle tail. You got yourself money money
0: got a lot of those
1: you ever done that before gramps this little this little deal
0: <clears throat> i i've been more of a fan of like a twin tail kind of thing so the old school tin twin tail like double split kind of grubby things yeah uh, these days since i have so many big bite baits kamikaze swim-ons for my chatter baits i will use those on spinner baits as well just to get those two little tails going but something like a rage tail um, things like that work really well too, to just get those little kicking actions.
1: Yeah.
0: But I really like to, I really like to keep it. I really like to keep it as light on the spinner baits as possible. I really become a fan of the uh, Megabass spinner baits because they have behind their skirt. They have the two longer, two or three longer tails that kind of fill that role in there too. And then they, they have a little bit bigger, um, bigger than willow blades on theirs, but they just, you know, they, they smack them too.
1: Brown bait, you despise trailer hooks. I'm curious on why, because that's usually where I hook most of my basses with that trailer hook. So go and throw it in there. I'm honestly, I'm just curious. I'm not like trying to call you out. I'm curious why you don't like them. Um, yeah, Greg, I have, I hate fishing the spinner bait. I really don't like doing. it. I think it's boring. You throw it out. I, am I'm, I'm not controlling any of the deflection like you, like you can with a lot of your other hard baits, outside of killing it. But it just happens to catch at this time of the year. When nothing else is it's just because it's imitating the shad, right? That's what it's doing. Yep. Speaking of mega bass, I purchased um, the most expensive baits that I own and <laughs> having quite a bit of luck with them. Uh, this is one of them, the mag draft. This is eight inch mag draft. You might've saw this. I posted it not too long ago. They call it the mag draft because uh, inside of it right here is a magnet and you can kind of set this hook back in here and it kind of holds it tight. And you don't fish this super fast. And so I put like 18 pound fluorocarbon on it. You throw it out. It's heavy as I'll get out. It goes for like a country mile and you do a slow roll back just to get this tail. And the whole front kind of does this nice wobble. If you, if you pull it in too fast, it starts to roll. But man, I can't tell you. Uh, it's a lot of fun because a lot of the small aggressive bass, you'll feel the hits on it. <laughs> yeah. you, you won't catch them, but you just kill like bam, 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 bam. They'll keep on slapping this thing. And every once in a while, you'll get, And usually if something bites the eight inch, which I've had it happen multiple times, um, it's usually two, two and a half plus every time. Yep. So mega bass. I've actually got one of those. Bass. I'm going to start throwing
0: it here in the post pond, in, in the pit that I'm going to be fishing this weekend. It's got, you know, it comes up and you got the nine foot ledge and then up into the shallower and it's not choked with grass. And I think they're going to be sitting down there. Uh, it's just, it's just funny.
1: So they make a six inch in one of these as well.
0: I just got those yeah. two.
1: I caught one on it this morning. Um, if you're getting a bunch of smaller bites and they can't quite get their mouth around the eight inch mag draft, maybe size down a bit and you're good to go. So this has been working at least this past month. Every time yeah. I've I, at least caught one, I think I might've been skunked one time on the mag draft, but every other time I've caught one.
0: Working. Can you me. see the comment from Mike Brock? Would you highlight that if you can?
1: Oh my goodness. I have, I have a feeling what... <laughs> Where's that? Mike
0: is my old tournament partner from our club days.
1: Here we go. All right. I don't even know what it says. I'm just throwing it up here.
0: It says, tournament last week, fish would not bite a Senko, but we tore them up on a spinner bait in a tube of all things. All right. I can concur with that because I caught my two 18s last weekend on a tube. <laughs> I actually <laughs> caught a ton more. They just weren't the size that I needed for upgrades. But I didn't really talk about those a lot because that's kind of the juice that it was sitting on. But yep. so sometimes those bluegill imitating baits like a tube, I mean, and people don't throw them a lot these days, except they always think, oh, you only can use tubes on the rivers for smallies.
1: Mm. No. Except for tubes growing you up. You
0: throw a stupid tube on and twitch it. It looks like a bluegill darting and they'll smack it. Plus you can skip it anywhere you want to. I love being able to skip baits.
1: Speaking of stupid tube isn't that one of your shorts that kind of went wild and crazy. That's the second number one beside behind the Texas rig. <laughs> it keeps on it keeps on popping up on my as I scroll through YouTube. Like, hey,
0: as I've long as you this, watch it. I've seen as it as long as you watch it again, it's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Sap sap one two three said, scared of throwing the mag draft up here in Minnesota. Yeah, they'll chew it in half oh, and spit yeah. it out. <laughs> That's exactly what to do. And it's like thirty bucks with shipping to get one of the, the, the eight the eight inch ones. So you, you gotta be careful where you throw that because you, you, everyone knows the second you throw that you're going to hit some underwater timber that's oh yeah eight beat just below where you can reach your pole and get and kind of poke it out so all right so many comments i wish i can like follow them all i know there's a ton ton of questions here i'm just missing them so if you're seeing them while i'm chatting gramps help me out here brown bait says i do love the mag draft wendell cut a paper clip to make it a u-shape and stick it over the hook and into the plastic so the hook does not come out after a lot of casts and fish. All right. That is an issue. Uh, Oh, hold hold it in
0: place. Yeah. Hold it
1: in place. I mean, on the six inch, the hook doesn't come out very often, but an eight inch, it comes out all the time. So solid tip there. Thank you so much. All
0: right. What else you got
1: ramps? Or I can just carry. So
0: people were asking about baits. We or knots we use for, you know, moving baits and whatnot. I always recommend the San Diego jam, especially with four carbon. It's an easy knot to tie. It's actually fun to watch in the video because it's like you're doing a loop and then spinny, 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 and then. But uh, like Kara was talking, she's you know watched the video today like six times. But you know, it's just one of those. If once you do it a few times, you know, it's you'll get used to it. It's it's very simple. Just remember, wrap it around, you know, six times, and loop it through the loop at the 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 hole at the bottom of the twists, and then at the through the loop at the top of your hand. Just gently pull it tight, wet it, and then cinch it down, and uh, you'll be set. Because if you don't tie a polymer perfectly, then, you know, on a hook set, if you, you know, if you if you really snap it, it, the line can cut into it. So San Diego Jam and then double San Diego Jam for all my harder hook sets, jigs, Texas rigs, things like that. But realistically, once you get used to doing them both, they're really simple to do.
1: Uh, interesting enough, I tie polymer for everything. Yep. But, but I can you, still when, see. I can still you, see if
0: I tie it correctly. Yep. Um when you when, so. when you lose a 10-pounder, because I've only had one 10-pounder on the line and I know what it was. <laughs> of course, now you're talking back with polymer when uh, when when fluorocarbon first came out, but I've had, you know, Shaw Grigsby, so many, so many people say the same thing, just you know, I actually did a short countering my don't tie the polymer knot with you know uh Jacob Wheeler showing how to tie it. So that you have the best chance of it not cutting into itself, but uh, you know the San Diego jam knot's actually easier to tie once you get used to doing it, and it's it's a whole lot faster too, and hey, a whole George, lot less chance of burning.
1: This is interesting because I've seen that video. I actually did a video on why I think that's a myth um, on the Palomar deal, but I understand there's a lot of pros out there as well. I I if you tie it right, I don't believe it cuts into itself. So I think that's yep. that's the key there. The key is can you see it, right? Yep. because it's really difficult to see if you tied it right and if the double it's a hitch knot right so if the two that's going around the hook eye are crossed you're in trouble yep and a lot of times people just can't see that right so as yep. my eyesight gets worse as i get older i will need to find a different knot because right now i can see it i
0: got 2020 20,
1: but yeah, it's like everybody to.
0: sees that that picture on instagram the five-year challenge where you can see the, hook <laughs> and the knot clearly and then it's fuzzy and it's like mm, that's me because I've got good vision close up, so I have to take my glasses off. That's why I don't even have them on while I'm doing lives, because I can't read the chat, but I gotta, I'll gotta, put them up here, and then I'll be like, I, I can't see. It's just like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like I need to have binoculars so I can see my knots.
1: Oh, What else we got? Okay, so I have this guy I rigged up. Of course, the Ned rig. This is what I was getting the 18-inch and smallmouth and rivers, but if I'm not having any luck on the wacky, um, I immediately go to the Ned to try to figure out if they're sitting on the bottom. And then once I
0: find that, how, how do you fish those in creeks and rivers without it gets stuck in every rock? I can't tell you how many Neds I've lost. It's just insane. It's like, it's stuck in behind, you know, clumps of rocks again, and you can't get it you, out. And it's like, you, the,
1: you do the, you do these the, the snapping of the line. It
0: comes out I every time. i tried all psh, of that. Just, psh, oh, psh. <laughs> so my buddy, he'll actually make his net heads. And he does like, he does, he, he pours like the, the 30 seconds of an ounce. Oh, and then, wow. you know, his whole point is, it's just enough to keep it going down and let the current move it to get the uh, bait to pick or the, the bass to pick it up, and that's what he does for you know chasing smallies. But uh, it's, it's if I throw a Ned anywhere, it's like stuck, and then I'm you know either trying to roll over it or pull it out, and it's just me and the and the funny thing is Ned is huge here in Indiana. You know yeah. Jackson Orr and his father just won the uh, Hobie first and second place. The Hobie Trail, the thing that just happened, both in Indiana, both throw neds. You know, the net is huge here in Indiana. I can't catch, I've caught good fish on it here and there, but I just, I don't trust it and I can't, can't do it.
1: (laughs) I love it. Of course, I've moved over to the extra wide gap, kind of go weedless because I get this thing caught in everything. And so this has kind of been a game changer recently. And someone asked the question, Mike M, he says, what size Ned Rig do you guys prefer? One if I can find one-tenth, that's what I'm throwing. I like it to be a little bit lighter because I like to stay in that strike zone just that little bit longer. The one-eighth ounce is just a little too heavy um, for the depths of water that I fish it in. And so I try to go one-tenth, and I think that's what you're looking at right here.
0: And so Yeah, and I won't throw... The only time I'll throw heavier neds is if I'm fishing like a pit and then I'm forward-facing sonar, a rock pile, or you know something deeper that I have to get it down there. But I'm talking like when we're fishing creeks or rivers... You basically have to go use, now see, crappy kev kev is just, or crappy kev is exactly the way I look at it. Use the tiny child rig instead of the standard neg. Now, if you don't know what a tiny child is, think of a weightless Senko, right, Texas rigged, and then put the nail weight at the other end, and then what that does is it's like a Texas rigged upside down neko, but that's the tiny child, and that's another one of my favorites if I've got to get it down there, you know, a little deeper, a little faster, but for me, that gives me the better hookup ratio because I'm keeping that hook away from any rocks or things to get stuck in.
1: There you go. Like it. I got one more. Two more. And then I had we had a question earlier. Like, what's what's the uh we'll answer that, Dan? What's the one thing you keep hooking up even though you suck at it <laughs> or just not catching fish for you? But you're like, everyone's telling me this should catch fish. And I keep trying it. And I shouldn't keep tying it up, but I keep tying it up because it's supposed to catch fish. So we'll every, circle back. Every, that. every one. Of the I, know <laughs> I know yours.
0: I know yours. Go ahead and throw in a comment,
1: guys. You know. Yeah, go go through. Everybody knows that one. Think of another one outside of of the frog. And um, I got mine. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But another one that's been form- performing for me. I've been kind of like moving away from my confidence baits, which is kind of finesse fishing, and trying to move into, you know, the mag drafts. Some of the glide this is the s waiver from river to sea and so oh. man, i recently caught a four pounder on this bad boy and i actually had to go over to tactical bassett to learn how to freaking throw the thing um, <clears throat> so i had to dial that in they're showing some tricks so if you looking to get or if you have one of these you're like i can't pick anything up on it i was having a conversation with someone uh, back and forth on youtube today he's like i watched it i watched the video from tactical bassett i still can't catch a thing on this Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's working well for me up here in Northeast Ohio. These treble hooks are absolutely massive. I've heard of some people like sizing them down, but I haven't had an issue. Um, but this is the small one, I think the 180. And so I've been having this hooked up. I usually, when I enter a space, this is kind of just what I do. I'll throw my big baits first, try to get those big aggressive bass before I start plopping everything else in there. Um, even though these have incredible amount of sound on entry, but I throw them out there super far. So the S waiver by river to Sea. So what I got hooked up right now.
0: And now, what rod one, and reel are you throwing that on?
1: Oh man. I'm throwing this on 18 pound fluoro. I think I have it on a medium, medium, heavy, fast action. Um, Just lose Mach two. Yeah. So I'm throwing this guy on and it performs really well. I actually just got a yak rod. Uh, the video is going to be launching here on Sunday. Okay. So doing a review on that. I don't do a lot of reviews um on gear, but I got this one. I was like, okay, I've caught I'd like to catch a bunch of fish on a rod before I before I do a, a review on it. So that one's launching. I'm not gonna take a take a detour there, but nope launching gotcha. on Sunday.
0: I like to do an initial impressions and then I'll come back with after I beat it to death. You yeah. know, what what I think my expectations are gonna be, and then was I happy, was I disappointed? You know, it was just like ugh. and you know, I don't care since I'm not associated with any brand except for American legacy fishing and they sell them all. <laughs> so I can easily give my opinions on all of them, whether I like them or not. And it's just, I'm just another guy with an opinion and some people, you know, value that or not, you know? So I, I, I don't I hear
1: your opinion. I like your, opinion.
0: Well, I mean, but you know, some people are fanboys and they want to hear what they want to hear because it's a rod that they think they want to love or yeah. their brand, you know, because i tell everybody I will throw six cents, rods. Lose rods, Abu Garcia, you know, all the way up to G Loomis. I don't care. I'll play with them all and then just give, you know, what I think is a value to it or not, because you know, it's 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 a matter of, you know, people earn what they earn and, you know, spend what they want to spend on things. But then some people's opinions based on their loyalty to a brand, to a T, and I don't have that. I don't, you know, I will throw it all and, you know, just give my initial impressions, especially if I think it's worth the money or not.
1: Yeah. You know, we just had a conversation, not on a live show. I called you up. I was like, you know what? I have, I have zero sponsors right now. I'm not associated with any kind of pro staff. And I really like it, right? Because it allows you to say whatever you want, whenever you want to say about whatever you want, however you want. And so it's really, really nice. And hopefully that gets communicated. you Like you could trust it. We have no, like there's no ulterior motive. I'm not yeah. ripping a brand. So I don't have to like you know, pull my punches on how I really feel because that could come back. And so all this stuff is real. And so I hear, I hear what you say. I like your, I like your style. You know, American legacy is a company that carries all brands. So it kind of frees you up to do whatever you want, say whatever want, whenever you yeah. want. Um, so right on. I like it. All right. Uh, the thing that I have hooked up that I can't, I mean, I've caught fish on it, but I can't consistently catch fish and it's not catching the bigs. Like everyone tells me to, tells me it's going to. I'm going to go back to this. And it is... Drum roll. Oh, come on. I'm trying to find a comment. Your brother actually said the comment. It's the Chatterbait. Freaking Chatterbait. Why can't I catch anything on the Chatterbait? I've watched all the videos. I've, I've tested it out. Now, granted, I pulled the skirt off this one. Because I was like, okay, I got a Yum Pulse on there. It's just the I have jackhammers. I've tried those. Tried the original Chatterbaits. What you're looking at here without the skirt. They bite, but... I have so many other baits and so what's the trick gramps because i know you land them and i was out on the lake last saturday and the guy's like oh yeah i caught a 20 17 18 on the chatterbait I like, what am i doing wrong here
0: so there's a couple there's a couple schools of thought and i take most of my advice from pros that i that i know throw a chatterbait quite a bit and don't get me wrong a, a chatterbait will get you bit a lot of times where just other baits don't seem to want to work, but man, you will lose chatterbait fish too. And it happens to me every year. Mm-hmm. Um, the key thing is, is is having a rod that's built for chatterbaits. And what I mean by that is a couple of different options. Um, I'm actually doing a review right now on the best sub $200 chatterbait rod that I have come into in my last like three years of reviewing Chatterbait rods. You know, my number one favorite is my G Loomis IMX Pro bladed jig rod, and it's tapered, but it's expensive. Okay, so when I actually asked Z Man in a live stream like three years ago, what's what's a good what what do you look for in a chatterbait rod? And they said you want a glass rod because of the parabolic action, and this is big in in crankbaits too because of basically treble bait hooks or in this case a single hook. But it's different than a spinnerbait because of that blade. That blade is notorious for blowing a bass's mouth open if you really want to go try to set the Mm -hmm. hook when you get bit. And so Rick Klun actually did a video with a guy called, I think he was like, like, it wasn't like the bass professor, but he's a scientist who evaluates um, um, bass in slow motion. But the key thing is, is when you get bit by a chatterbait, you want to lift and reel and you want to keep always pressure on. Because a bass will wrap their lips around it. And in, in the, the little bass, they're easy to catch. It's the big bass that it's hard to get that big, giant hook into them. Because when they close their mouth around that chatterbait, there is a big pocket of air or water. There's space there. And if you go and try to rip that with a hook set, that blade will basically pry the bass's mouth open. And you've got a 40% chance of that hook maybe catching something on the way out. So what you want to do is lift and keep steady pressure and reel it in. And at some point in time, if the bass doesn't get a chance to go down, they will, they will adjust that bait in their mouth to pull it back into their crushers because that's what they do is they crush baits before they eat it. So they'll do that with crawfish and things like that. But um, the key thing is basically lift and steady pressure. And I know you say you don't like using a net, but a net is vital. With chatterbait fishing, because I have had so many fish when they get to the surface and I've got millions of videos, it seems like on this, when they get to the surface and jump and open their mouth, it'll come out because it wasn't hooked. Or if they get to your boat and you go to try to reach for it, and if that's the first time they've opened their mouth, it'll just fall right out and then there he goes. So that's why I'm huge on, and I got a whole review series on various nets that I use for kayak fishing, especially with chatterbaits long reach leverage i mean all of it but um one of the things that i've found ha- had success lately over even the jackhammer is the minimax okay. the mini max has a smaller blade yep. mini minimax has a smaller blade and it gets bit just as much and i will pair that up with either a big bite bait swim on or a six cents juggle minnow and their colors it's like Jack, Z-Man and Sixth Sense match their colors perfectly, and the Minimax has been the new juice for me this year. Mm. Before that, it was the Stealth Blade because the Stealth Blade was smaller, and you know everybody else is talking about, oh, Stealth Blade, don't catch them, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes, they do. Um, but the Minimax is like the new hotness right now because it doesn't have that big blade. And it just flat catches them. Okay. But back to the rod that I was, I, I, I kind of detoured around that because give <laughs> me talking about chatterbaits. The rod that I ran into, now in the past I have used, the, the, the ones that Z-Man recommended me to first was the St. Croix Mojo Bass Glass, which is an affordable rod. Parabolic action, which that's what you want is that bend. Um, but the glass, it's a little, it's a heavier than most of the rods that we fish with these days. But the glass, the bend of it, gives you enough backbone. But the tip flexes enough so that the, the the bait won't always rip free from the bass. So now St. Croix makes a rip and chatter in the Mojo glass. And then they make it in a – victory is now a line that they've come out with since. But then the other high-end one was like their legend series. Then Dobbins, the two favorite chatterbait rods that I have there that Gary Dobbins put together are both glass. One's the 735 CB glass, which is a medium-heavy. And then if you fish a lot of grass, the 736 CB glass is one that was my staple for years until I ran into the Loomis IMX Pro that Graham sent me from American Legacy, and I can't get it out of my hands. But Daiwa, Brett Ayler put out a new bladed jig rod. If you saw my interview with Brent at the Classic, his bladed jig rod, sub 200, it's like $189, is a perfect combination, and I am super well, i tell you how I'm impressed with it. This is my Loomis, and notice that there's something missing on this rod. In the most vital point of my season of the whole year, this is sitting at home right now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Is that where like the rods go to die uh, on, in your office wall when they're not, when they should be out in your kayak?
0: Oh, these all have to be redone before I go fish again. <laughs> I literally went and grabbed these out of the truck when you were running your warm. Oh, uses.
1: gotcha! All right, we got a bunch and, of comments over here. Let's mind if I head over here and start talking about my goodness. Um, but
0: the, the the money right now, and of course, my favorite reel is my Daiwa Zillion. But this Brett Ayler Daiwa Tatula 2023 Bladed Jig Rod again under under it's like 189 bucks at American Legacy and. I have been thoroughly impressed with it. Now, Brent is the guy who likes the EVA. Each of the pros at Daiwa for their pro signature series, they'll pick whether they want cork or the EVA, and Brent is an EVA guy. And, I mean, it feels real good. It's comfortable. Um, but, I mean, and this thing casts everything from three-eighths up to two ounces. So, everything from a mini-max all the way up to the big blades. And I can't believe how good this thing is i mean i have i have been smacking them and i haven't picked up the loomis in in a a minute even though it's my go-to money-making rod i really wanted to put this thing to the work and i said i'm doing it through the most for me the most important season of the year which is may and uh you can see i was fishing in stained water yesterday because i got a black and blue black and blue uh, this is just the black and blue jackhammer with a big bite bait swim on but in a little bit clearer water, or if I'm in bluegill water, that bluegill color mini max. But, I mean, this rod has super. But, again, you know, go back and watch, you know, Brett Ayler's interview with me and uh, talking about why he put this rod together the way he did, but at a, a very good price point. It's crazy.
1: It. Look, we knew we were going to start giving giving away a little bit at a time. Um, you weren't planning <laughs> I on know, giving I mean, anything. I'm going to keep you my keep, mouth keep, shut because yeah. everybody's
0: going to figure out what I'm catching them on. <laughs> All kinds but the of the bottom line is, and you know, it's that's why I always I tell my brother and everybody else I share everything I know. If you go catch them, you go catch them. At the end of the day, we all have to go catch our own fish. Whether you're in a tournament or talking smack in a knucklehead series like we are, you know, it's <laughs> it's whatever whatever it takes. You know, we're here to share what we know to help everybody else catch fish. Even if you beat us, if you beat us and you took some advice from us to catch the fish, then we still came out ahead because okay. you got from us what we were really trying to uh, do. Greg, yes, it's a $500 combo. I can go pick up an Abu Garcia Black Max and catch the exact same bass over and over again. And I've got a million videos doing just that. I will go fish with a Zebco and catch a chatterbait fish. So, yeah, to each their own. I've got $1,000 combos. I've got $1,500 combos. I'm not here to flex. I've got a $10,000 fishing kayak and a $25,000 boat sitting up on the hill. It ain't about what we spend. It's about getting out, having a good time. I'll go catch them on a cane pole if you want. I mean, I'll blow up a rubber dinghy and go catch them that way too if you like. (laughs) Everybody spend what you're able to spend as you get a little older. I've spent my entire career in the Army working for the government, busting my tush. Yeah, I have some expensive toys, but I can go catch the same exact fish on a Walmart special that's on sale next week. I just give opinions on various things, various price points. So, yeah, take it for what it's worth. But, I mean, I've got videos out there smacking fish on a lose Mach 2 combo that I paid, you know, 99 bucks for. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I love the Mach 2. It's just so, oh light. yeah. that's what I like about it. Because I'm, like, tired. I'm getting old. I'm getting tired. Yeah. And picking up something like, like, oh, uh, that kind of feels nice. I'm going to be throwing it for the next hour. We got a lot of comments over here. We were talking about, um. Well, let me see here. We got bass backwards. Thirteen. Still want to try that five-inch trace from Six Cents Creek Crawler has been killing. I've actually ones. got one of those, and I'm yeah. gonna
0: start throwing it more too.
1: There we go. I know Creek Crawler. So if you go over to my Knucklehead Challenge, it's kind of not fair because we're like this morning we were tied, but we're not really tied because he had like three or four fish that were DQ'd, um, and so at the end of the day, I know, and every now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> that he has like 95, 96 inches on the board, but only showing like 92 and a half or something like that. So that's
0: the fun thing about the knucklehead is it's a great place to learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. See, I'm not alone here. Not alone here. So bucktail, bucktail, let me say I have the same scenario going on with the chatter. I'm catching some fish, but not a ton of them. Not real big. We got Caro, Ferg, Ug agreed on chatter for maybe four and five yep. years. 100% from triple up in Canada, who's not even able to catch fish right now because it's not open season. 100% agree. You know, ch- catch fish on chatterbaits. Your time is coming, my
0: man. See, it, uh, it, and the funny thing is, too, it's like everybody, it seems like a lot of people, they, they figure out what their kind of style is. My brother is a Texas rig power worm. He'll throw some topwater walking baits. And that's why he and I make great fishing partners with him in the front of the boat and me in the back. I'm a spinnerbait, chatterbait, jig throwing dude. He is a Texas rig, top water, you know. So when you have combinations like that, when you know, everybody's doing things a little bit different, you know, you can you can pick up fish that the other guy wouldn't too. But I mean, yeah, chatterbaits. You know, there's a lot of bank anglers. You throw in a chatterbait, you're just getting hung up on everything and cutting it off. You know what's the point? You may as well just grab a swim jig because you know that's that's the easiest. <laughs> you know, get a good swim jig with a paddle tail on it, and that's the funny thing. But it's funny we were talking about like spendy stuff, so. What brand of a kayak paddle do you like
1: me? Yeah. I like the kind that you buy for 20 bucks and I use like 0.2% of the time because I got a pedal drive. That's kind of, yep.
0: So I've had, I've had, you know, Walmart special kayak paddles for years. This last year I picked up a bending branches. There you go. But it's the same thing. Carbon fiber. I mean, you find when you get older and your parts don't work as well as parts used to work. (laughs) You know, an older, heavier bait caster, it wears you out. It does. If you can fish something that's just as strong, maybe cost a couple more bucks, <laughs> but you can stay out there and fish longer. You know, it's like I had to I had to stop fishing for like a day because I'm my left arm was wore out from twitching a, a, a Senko so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like okay, I'm done. I gotta, I gotta let my body recover. You know, I'm supposed to be off to fish tomorrow, but I think I'm gonna end up sleeping in, reorganizing tackle, resting you know, so I don't have to get up and go to work and rest. I'm just going to rest and get stuff done. I say all that and I'll probably hit the water somewhere tomorrow afternoon, but you know, you never know. I, I hear you. I, I started going hard into the season and I was like, Oh, my wrist
1: hurts. Is this like chronic? What's going on? This can't be. Um, so I like, I just need to like take like two or three days off. Uh, so yeah. take care of yourself. Holy cow. Everything's hurting this age you know we were going to play a fun game of overrated underrated but i have a feeling that will go off the rails so we have to like table that <laughs> because underrated overrated with you and i, I have a feeling it can it could, it could be another hour on the show so i think we're going to do this like once a month um or yeah, so i
0: think it'd be fun so
1: it would be kind of fun um I love, bringing I, talk- both
0: of our, I love bringing both of our communities together and just reading all the different comments and seeing over the interaction too it's awesome
1: it is fun and so if you haven't done yet, haven't done so yet, go ahead, please hit that like button, get this a little bit more distance on the replay for us. Um, make a comment, help us out there. And Gramps, you talked a lot about American legacy fishing. Do you have a code for everybody you want to throw it out there? Especially those maybe on the podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, American dot use code Gramps 10 and save 10% on most items. Now you're going to have those things like Shimano Daiwa, whatever they have, map pricing. Um, this is for online shopping. If you want to save money regardless, just look up the website, call the phone number, tell them Gramp sent you, and uh, they will always work out a discount for you that they can't give online. But uh, if you're somebody who's buying stuff bulk, they will make the discounts even better. They will not be beat, and you won't beat their shipping. I mean, I'm just, just flat out telling you. Um, and they have a wide selection, they don't have as many baits and stuff as most other places. It's more of a rod and reel place. They have a great trade-in program. So if you've got some stuff you've been using for a couple of years and you want to trade it in on something new, say there's a new reel that you've really been wanting to you get your hands on, you can get some credit coming back that way. They've got they've got all kinds of goodies going on over there too. But there's always sales, there's always you know money savings. These guys, they won't, if a rod breaks during shipping, they're not even gonna argue about who broke what. They're going to send you another one and just have the other one returned, and they'll send it back. You don't have to deal with warranty stupid stuff. You just it's, – it's its hard to beat, and that's why I deal with them. They're close to me here in Evansville, Indiana, and, uh, you know, Kara says she didn't want to trade. She just wants more new, but I get that too. <laughs> so, you know what? What you need to do before we cut off tonight is you need to give an update on Team Wendell and where they're at in Knucklehead and, say, give out the top, you know, five, and I'll do yeah. the same for Team Gramps, and we'll see how it's going.
1: We'll do it right now. Brian Slayton is in first 93.25. Like I said, kind of a pseudo 93.25. He's probably at 96. Uh, I'm at 93. Technically 0.25 behind him. Don Butler at 89.25 inches. Gramps, number four, 89 inches. And with your week off of vacation, this whole next week, I have a feeling you might be passing me because I'm not fishing that much. And then we fifth place, we Bill Alton with 88.5. So it's it's fun. It, I, I noticed there's like nobody in Florida <laughs> on my particular, uh, I think we have like 40, 40 plus people. So not a lot of people down south um, that I know of. So a lot of a lot of people will follow me kind of up here in the north, as you can see by the inches. Because I know that these things can jump to like 113 inches. Um Oh, yeah. So leading off in,
0: in Florida from Florida and team Gramps in first place right now is Liz here in the chat with 107.75 inches. Heck yeah. Congrats. With a That's 23, amazing. a 22, a 21, Jeez. and two 20s on the board. Killing it. Following up is John Long, who I think is in Virginia, who won Gramps last month with 107 inches. And then the next three, the top. To round out the top five are all Indiana boys: wow. Antoine Hayes, Sam Murray, and Jeremy Hickman, rounding out fifth place in 97 inches. And then there's there's Darren right there in eighth place ahead of me in 11th. So yeah, you're 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 making a good showing with all the all the Florida sticks up there putting in the work. So I I love seeing 110,
1: 111, 112. That just you know maybe someday, but this is my first tournament. Did you know that. I've never fished a tournament in my entire life until the beginning of this month. So it's been kind of fun. It's been good. Oh yeah.
0: It's awesome too. And and I'll tell you what, November is just going to be awesome when we get everybody together. We're not even to care about the, the, you know, the fishing just, I mean, just imagine how great the, the campfires, the gatherings the sitting around in the, in the chairs, just chilling, you know, all the smack talking. It's going to be, it's going to be a great weekend. I so can't wait for veterans day weekend.
1: It's fun. Over 4,000 fish are posted. 4000. That's amazing. That is yep.
0: absolutely crazy.
1: And so we're just getting into like this is like the second most second month for some, first month for others, and there's some yep. haven't even started yet. And so the team is even, oh, yeah. it's even growing. So um Yeah, cuz Larry Melton,
0: junior yeah. and a bunch of them are starting later in the season too, so we're going to have we're going to have a bunch of we're going to have a bunch of fun YouTube peeps around and a bunch of people from our communities and it's going to be a great it's going to be an awesome event. That is 100% for sure.
1: I got Larry Melton on the show coming up. Um, there
0: we go next month or so so stick around for that
1: but it's going to be great guys we're a little bit over well we're not not technically over time because i never put a time limit on this but we're going to close it down right now thank you so much if you're from my channel and have not like gone over to fishing with gramps and hit that subscribe button um please do so we go back and forth on instagram as well just kind (laughs) of
0: busting each other's chops Uh, a lot of we'll keep keep the stories live for sure that's (laughs) right every time one of us catches one
1: oh thank you baby it has been on fire thank you guys so much for for it next week's gonna be interesting i have like four or five people on so it's gonna be a little different feel to the show a bunch of listeners actually have asked to come on the show and we're just gonna have a good old time so
0: see you guys next week and for everybody who's wondering when my videos and live streams are gonna start back up first of june (laughs) i promise (laughs) i believe when i see it thanks everyone (laughs)